You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Hey everybody. So, a uh, long time no podcast that is going to be changing now. Um, and what I'm going to start today is a series of just quick player reviews of everyone who was on the Golden State Warriors this year. We're going to do the players who finished the year on the team, the players who started the year on the team, the players who played just a few games, the players who played a lot of games, and even Clay Thompson, because why not? Uh, so that's 23 players in all. I'm going to aim for like two of these a week. Uh, and it's just going to be kind of a basic podcast review. Go over the stats, go over the things they did well, the things they didn't do well, what role they might have, if any, on next year's team, what their outlook is like. Pretty basic stuff, but I've been thinking a lot lately about the NBA coming back as it is you know, tentatively planning on doing here in just a little over a month. And even though the Warriors aren't involved, I've been thinking a lot about the season and realizing just how much I forgot of the season. You know, it's been gone for more than three months now, and so much has happened in the world in that time that sports has just kind of been pushed to the back as it should be. Um, but I I found myself yesterday just looking at the standings and the stats for the entire league, and it was almost like looking at, you know, a basketball reference page from the 2014 season or something like that. It just felt so foreign and so long ago. Uh, and all the things that happened been, you know, watching highlights and, and hearing stories told on Twitter. And it's like, wait, that was this season. I thought that was last year or maybe the year before, or maybe even further back. Um, so, you know, we're not going to get into anything crazy deep here with these podcasts, but I thought it would be a good time to just look back on, on players and kind of remember the things that we've forgotten because there's been a decade of life since the last time the Warriors played a basketball game. Uh, so again, they'll be short. Uh, they'll be, they'll be straight to it, but hopefully they're fun and leave you feeling like you remember what happened in what was admittedly a very forgettable Warriors season. Uh, so we're going to just do them in alphabetical order here. So today's episode is going to be Dragon Bender. So Bender came to the Warriors pretty late in the season. Um, he only played nine games before the season was shut down. Uh, he was on a 10-day a contract. When it expired, he signed a second 10-day contract. He was one of the many players that the Warriors signed once they started kind of gutting the team at the trade deadline. You may remember that they gave up, I think, either five or six players at the deadline. They gave up Willie Cauley-Stein, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson III, Jacob Evans, 
Omari Spellman, and D'Angelo Russell. So six players, and all they got back was Andrew Wiggins. Um, so they were they were below the minimum amount of players you needed to have, and so they started signing a lot of players to 10-day contracts. And one of those was Dragon Bender, who had started the year with the Milwaukee Bucks, um, played a lot for their G League team and a little bit for for the Bucks as well, but very limited minutes with the Bucks. And then was eventually waived. And that's when the Warriors grabbed him. So all in all, he had some he had some highlights and he had some causes for concern. First, just to get it out of the way, I need to admit that there are few players that I have ever whiffed on as badly as I whiffed on Dragon Bender. Um, I thought the Suns were getting an, an absolute future star when they drafted him fourth overall in 2016. Um, as recently as like 2018, I thought he was still the Suns' best prospect, better than Devin Booker. So um, what I'm trying to say is don't ever listen to anything I say because I'm an idiot. Um, but more importantly, um, he is still just 22 years old. He is still a prospect. And, you know, as the Warriors saw with Marquise Chris, who was picked four picks after Bender by the same team and was very bad, um, a young player coming from a dysfunctional organization, you probably shouldn't give up on them right away. Uh, And especially when they have some of the tools that Bender has. He's seven feet tall. He has some good instincts and he has a very nice jump shot. Um, those are very valuable commodities. And while I wouldn't particularly bank on him ever fully being able to put it together, those are the kinds of things that at least make you think that he needs a little bit of a little bit of time and, and give you a little optimism that something might happen. Um, the biggest issue with him on the Warriors was that his three-point shot wasn't falling as well as I think many people think it could. He made just 32.4% of his shots from beyond the arc, uh, but it was a small sample size. Again, he only played nine games. Uh, he only started three of those nine. And if you look at kind of the larger sample size, he took a lot of threes in, in the G League. He got up 73 three-point attempts in his 13 games in the G League this year and, and made those at a 38.4% clip. And back in the 2017-2018 season, just his age 20 season, that was the only year where he's really gotten consistent playing time with Phoenix. He played all 82 games, played more than 25 minutes a night, and he made 36.6% of his threes, shooting nearly four a game. Um, So, you know, I think Warriors fans' judgment of him has the potential to be clouded by the fact that he didn't make a lot of threes, but I would be inclined to think that was more of a small sample size on a bad team than anything else. I think it's very fair to wonder what he might look like getting regular minutes on a team with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, both being healthy and potentially the spacing that that would allow for him that pick and pop ability. It's intriguing. Overall, his stats were, were decent, but with some flaws uh, you know, he played more than 21 minutes a night. He averaged nine points, 5.9 rebounds, and 2.1 assists per game, which is a very impressive number for a seven-footer coming off the bench. 
Um, he did have a fair amount of turnovers, 1.8 a game, and again, just 21.7 minutes. And he also committed 2.9 fouls per game. So certainly there were some flaws there, and the fact that his, his three-point shot wasn't falling made his overall efficiency not great. It was a little bit below league average, which obviously you don't want out of a seven-footer. But there were there were there were those exciting elements. Um, there have been some off-season reports that the Warriors are interested in retaining him next season, and it will be interesting to see what happens there. With the transaction window being open, the Warriors could even go ahead, you know, this week and sign him to maybe a partially guaranteed or even non-guaranteed multi-year contract. Um, but they have some things to balance because they they have Marquise Chris under contract. Um, his is, I believe, partially guaranteed, so they can, you know, they don't need to keep him, but uh, I think it's safe to say that they are much higher on Marquise Chris than Dragon Bender right now. Uh, they have Kavon Looney under guaranteed contract, and they have Alan Smilajic under guaranteed contract. So that's three centers already who you can bank on being on the team next year. And if we're being honest, none of them particularly reliable yet. Looney, because of injuries, Smilajic and Chris, because they're just unproven players. So I would assume that the Warriors are going to want to be using, um, you know, their mid-level exception or perhaps even, you know, a trade exception on a veteran center. And if not one of those, then, you know, at least use the minimum on a player like this last summer when they signed Willie Cauley-Stein. That obviously didn't work out perfectly, but he was a reliable veteran who you knew you could start and things wouldn't just go to all hell. So you kind of have to assume they're going to target at least one of those players in free agency, um, which leaves them with already four center spots filled uh, before you get to Dragon Bender. Um, maybe they like him enough that they want to ride with five centers. Maybe they are interested enough in playing him or Chris or Looney uh, at the four and having two bigs at a time, in which case then having, you know, five big men is no longer an issue, even with, you know, Draymond Green and Eric Pascal, who are both kind of fours at this point. Uh, So what I'm trying to say is, I think the team's interested in him and I think they should be interested in him. And it's a little hard to envision a roster scenario where that interest is able to actually manifest into a spot for him. Uh, but we're a long ways away from, from next season. And, and you really never know. Uh, one thing really quickly that I, I really loved about his game this year was he showed some really great passing ability, some really great playmaking. And again, I referenced, those 2.1 assists per game, which for a seven-footer coming off the bench is is pretty darn nice. Um, but that didn't even tell the whole story. He just had some really crisp passes, some really innovative passes, or inventive, I should say. It's, it wasn't the case of him just finding the open man on a good offense. He was on a bad offense and he was actually playmaking. He was actually creating, not just getting those empty assists that you get from taking an entry pass and passing it back out to a shooter shooter. He was, he had a lot of plays where he would catch the ball driving to the basket and would 
while cutting, find the open man, another cutter or a three-point shooter or someone waiting under the basket. And those kinds of things, I think, would give the Warriors you know, a lot of excitement going forward. Um, for, for reference, he averaged 3.5 assists per 36 minutes. Uh, Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole both averaged 3.8. So really, you know, creating offense for others at, at the rate of some ball handling wings. So very impressive. That, I think, is probably the second most intriguing thing for the Warriors beyond beyond the ability to spread the floor, which really the Warriors haven't had a center that could shoot the three. Um, ever really. I mean, you know, there was a little bit of a threat of that for the short time that they had to Marcus Cousins last year, but, and, you know, a little bit with Omari Spellman when he got those minutes this season. But for a team with arguably the two greatest shooters in NBA history in an era that prioritizes three point shooting more than anything, it's kind of crazy that the Warriors have never actually had that, that weapon. And you look at the best centers in the league right now. You know, whether it's the stars like Carl Anthony Towns and Nikola Jokic, or whether it's the really, really, really good role players on, on championship level teams like Brooke Lopez, most good teams and most good centers uh, can shoot the three. So, you know, I'm not saying that Bender can be, uh, you know, a 30 minutes a night guy on a championship team, but it is an element that the Warriors are surely intrigued in intrigued by um, that they really don't have anyone else on the team that can do that, at least not yet. Maybe Smilajic can down the road, but, you know, he's obviously not there yet. Um, so I would not at all be surprised to see him at least back in camp for the 2020-21 season. But it is going to be a matter of whether he can find a way onto a roster that's pretty full at that position and whether he improved the team that he can play defense because frankly, his defense was really bad uh, in his nine games with the Warriors, but the Warriors had one of the worst defenses in the league and maybe on a healthy team that's actually competing with a, with an interested Draymond green, maybe that changes. Um, I think it's more likely that the Warriors have good Intel on that from practice. That's more, important than what we actually saw in the nine games that he played in. Uh, so you kind of have to default to their knowledge in that department. So that was Dragon Bender's season. Nine games with the Warriors. We will see if he plays a 10th game with the Warriors at some point down the road. Uh, again, he's just 22 years old, which is arguably one of his most promising qualities, if you can call it that. Um, I'll be interested to see if he's back in a Warriors jersey next year, and if not, if he can keep his NBA career going. All right, we will be back next week with Kai Bowman. <laughs>